Welcome to Leader Secrets Revealed, tapping into the tips and tricks of great leadership. And this is for new and emerging leaders and people who report to leaders and want to know how they can influence them to be even better. Enjoy. Welcome to Leader Secrets Revealed podcast. My name is Murray Burgess and my goal is to help you understand that some of the skills Uh, about some of the schools that exceptional leaders have, the ones that I've worked with, the ones that I've coached, the ones that's been part of my training programs and the ones that have been referred to me who have exceptional leadership skills and referred by people who have actually worked with them. So these are skills that as leaders you can develop to increase your abilities to step up into even more senior leadership roles, increase your reputation as a leader and create the sort of culture that you and your team want to be part of. And today I'm talking about the moving from manic to magic and where teams periodically fit fall on this particular model. And it describes six stages and it goes from toxic, so very, at the very bottom of this model, it goes from toxic up into dynamic teams. So the toxic team is that team that sucks energy. I actually personally haven't been part of a toxic team. However, I've done some training and facilitation work with toxic teams and they literally do suck the energy out of the room and I always fear for the people in those teams because it is not healthy. Team members don't look forward don't look forward to coming to work. They live under a cloud of anxiousness that can be absolutely debilitating. Strengths and values of each individual in that team are not understood and certainly not considered. And lower performers or underperformers are not supported. And this is where bullying can often occur. High performers in these teams become addicted to being right and they can create cliques of supporters around them. This group may even, as I said, bully lower performers or those they dislike. Now, the leader may exert their seniority over those who report to them and be very hierarchical. uh, And this creates low trust and possibly infighting. There's passive aggressive behaviour, and when and people leave because they're not they're not happy, or they're actually asked to go. This is where knowledge is constantly being lost, which again puts even more pressure on that team. As a whole, this is the team that's checked out and cannot see the bigger picture, or of how they fit within a their team, but in the broader organisation. A toxic culture can be likened to a bad relationship. We know it isn't healthy, but the thought of moving or changing seems too hard. We become numb to how bad it actually is, so we tolerate unacceptable behaviour. I certainly hope that anyone, that if you are listening to this, you've never been part of a toxic team, and if you are currently part of a toxic team at the moment, I would say find something healthier, find another role that you can thrive in. The step up from the toxic team is the frantic team. This is too busy being busy uh, and it either has really too much to do or it spends too much time fixing problems. There's no opportunity to think about working on the business or stepping back and going, is this what we should be working on? The team leader or the organisation may often have unrealistic expectations of what the team is capable of. The resulting stress further limits people's ability to think effectively and get stuff done. 
Now, a frantic team doesn't have time to build internal relationships, so there are often hidden agendas and a lot of second guessing going on. As I said, trust is low and people are focusing on surviving. So it's, it's almost like the adage of how are you when people go just really busy. That doesn't necessarily mean you're part of this frantic team, but I think it's symptomatic that you might be heading there. So be very aware of when you talk about um, being busy or not. When we move up the model, uh, moving further away from manic and more towards magic, we then talk about the erratic team. Sometimes this is a team that performs well and other times not so well. The team may feel productive, but again, it could be because they're simply busy for the sake of being busy and they may have lost sight of what is important. However, unlike their frantic team, they, they do have some space to do some good work, but again, it is erratic. Now, being erratic can mean that relationship building doesn't happen within this team as there still isn't time or there may be maybe pockets of relationships that get built. A trust can exist to some extent because of this and some workload sharing occurs and mostly everyone contributes. The team is focusing on performance but the results are inconsistent. So if you're ever part of an erratic team, think about what were the strategies that you used to lift it beyond that if you had an opportunity to do that? So now we move what I call above the line into the authentic area, the authentic team. This is the team that's on track, efficient, gets the work done well without fuss, and it does what's expected, though little more. So at sort of performance review time, this is the team that the, the leader can say, tick, you have done everything expected of this team. However, nothing else, nothing exceptional, no stretch opportunities or anything like that. When we're at this level, the leadership for this team is reasonably strong. The leader is able to set the outcomes for the team and direct the team into achieving them. Trust and harmony exists between most team members. Workloads are shared while maintaining the status quo. They would be deemed, as I said, in performance reviews of doing their job. Now, this team may stay together for some time and they like being in their comfort zone and are reluctant to change, grow or look at different opportunities. This is also the team that may struggle if the organisation implements a big sort of complex organisational change because they're very much in their comfort zone. And then as we get towards the top of the model, we then move into the energetic space. So the energetic team is collaborative. There's lots of sharing ideas lots of supporting others. Team members feel trusted, empowered to do their job and do it well. They focus on working with others to, to achieve the best outcomes. This team understands their purpose. They actually know what they're there to, to, to do for the organisation or for their client base. And, uh, and they spend their time focusing on, on the business and how they can keep improving. And that's things like asking what if questions to stretch their thinking. And again, if you've been part of an energetic team, I would love to hear from you and around what you experienced and what were the standouts for you that you think contributed to creating that sort of team. And then at the very top of the model, we get to the dynamic team. Now, this is the sort of team everyone at some stage would love to be part of. This is where uh, the culture in the dynamic team inspires people to come up with transformative ideas work flows. 
everyone feels valued, there are high levels of trust between each team member. Strengths and values are understood and people know where they stand. Team members build on each other's capacity and learn to create new ideas. The whole team is invested in being the best they can be, individually as well as collectively, with a view of lifting the entire organisation. So they have a much more outward focus and a more, as Simon Sinek would say, a more infinite mindset around what they're there to achieve. As well as having a high productive input, this team really spends time building relationships. They think strategically uh, and drive both the team and the organisation to success. So while the stress of a toxic team stifles creativity and strategic thinking, the environment of a dynamic team is invigorating, exciting and energising. This is the team we look forward to hanging out with every day. It's the team we learn from and who learn from us. So when you think about where your team may fit on this model, it's not a matter of thinking, wow, I'm way down at the bottom, how do I get to that top one? It's more a matter of thinking, what do we need to do collectively as a team to lift up through this model and aspire to, react, to reach that dynamic space? Now, if you were a part of a dynamic, dynamic team and not part of one now, I'm really curious about what happened. Why, why aren't you part of one now? Or why did you leave if you, if you left? Um, as I said, I've been, so I call these the really, really super duper high performance teams. And I've been part of a couple of high performance teams during my long career. And it is just a joy to be part of. But then things change. You don't stay in a dynamic team forever. However, you may have friendships forever. You know, there could be a reorg or people get promoted or people move to another organisation. And so then that team literally then has to start reforming and it's probably going to be different and not dynamic, certainly not up front. So, you know, I would love to know what great leadership tips you either have implemented yourself or you've experienced with leaders you've worked with to help you get to this dynamic space. So thank you for listening to today's podcast. If you know someone I should interview who really has these attributes to look at the energised and the dynamic teams, I would love to interview them. So please let me know. And you can contact me at Mari, M-A-R-E-E, at Mari Burgess, B-U-R-G-E-S-S dot com. I would love to hear from you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. If you've enjoyed today's show, please share the link with colleagues and friends or on your social media feeds and help others learn how to be great leaders. Or if you're in a team, what a great leader looks like and how you can help develop that. If you know of someone that you think I should interview, please let me know via my website. Thanks.